My new sensibility. <laughs> my new sensibility. Sense and sensibility. I hated that book. I, I that, didn't read that's the book. a book that needs to be banned. <laughs> Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice. Whoa. Um, wow. Wuthering Heights. Oh my God. Yeah, I didn't like the Wuthering Heights. The absolute worst book I have ever read was Wuthering Heights. Can we have Never an anti wreck and rev? <laughs> like, I wreck and rev that you stay the fuck away from this book. <laughs> <laughs> Hated that book. Oh my God, that was such a dumb book. And we had that was one that we read in class. Like yeah. we had yeah. to do popcorn reading for that. <laughs> so not only did I have to sit through other people reading that god awful book, <laughs> but half of my class couldn't read. Yeah, <laughs> that's always the well, worst. Weather, 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 weathering, weathering. <laughs> the name of the book is Wuthering. <laughs> she told you that when she handed you the book. You don't even have to read that word. (laughs) You just know that that's what it is. Why are you stuttering? The words are in front of you. You are in 11th grade, my man. And normally I wouldn't mock somebody for stuttering or reading slowly because everybody has different education levels. I just hate this book so much and you're making it take so much longer than it needs to. We could have been done with this book in two days, but no, we have to take the time to read it together and then discuss it. Sometimes books just suck. (laughs) Move on. I never understood that. We didn't get to take a vote. We didn't even vote about this book. Like, why was a permission slip not sent to my house for that one? (laughs) I would have forged a signature for that shit. God, I hated that book. Okay, let's go. (laughs) This is the Always More Podcast. Hello and hello. It is April 19th and welcome to the Always More Podcast where we believe there is always more room at the table for honest questions, meaningful conversations, and deeper understanding. Today on the pod we are talking about ancient Danes. David Attenborough, French fried potatoes, and so much more. But first, I am your host, Tim Lickley, and sitting next to me is my best friend in the whole entire world, Christopher Ford. Yo. And joining us from the the ether that is also known as Kansas, the greatest Gen Zer to ever see, that is Harley Bianco. From the ether. Whatever the thing is, that's me. From the ether. I like that. The ether. What does that mean? You know, I don't know. I just start saying things, and I don't know what's going to come out. <laughs> Sometimes I just start talking, and I don't know where the sentence is going to go. I I thought ether means like like out there, like it's just it's just it's just infinitely out there. That's that's what I thought oh, it means, but I could be like totally Ethernet. wrong. I I don't think that's <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> Did you just say Ethernet? Yeah. Isn't that so how you to say, say it? that something is from the ether means that it is something being communicated from place to place. It has no oh, precise okay. location, well, just as a radio broadcast can be heard from many different places. So I said it correctly. So Kansas, yeah, yeah, I yeah, that good. works. No precise location because it doesn't exist. I'm a, com- I'm not a complete idiot. I wouldn't say you're an idiot at all. <laughs> just a smidgen. <laughs> just a smidgen. <laughs> just a little dash. <laughs> 
Uh, well, welcome everyone. We're glad you're here joining us for today's pod. It is April 19th and it is a, it's a day. It's a day. How are we all doing? It's April 19th. April 19th. We're in the uh, middle when of this April. is coming out. I want you guys to know that today, if I were still in the church, would be my spiritual birthday. Whoa, wow. that's a thing? It's funny that you remember that. Well, it's the day before 420, so. You know. <laughs> uh, that makes so much sense. I was five years old when I first gave my life. So oh, I, I, I mean the one in high school when I counted. Oh, gotcha. The <laughs> the third one that you officially counted? Like, the real one. The one, the the one where one. I was finally like, all right, let me get my life together. Yeah, Harley, that's like a real thing. Like, you get saved at least three or four times. Whoa. What is the point of that? Oh, I thought yeah. it was kind of like a whole thing of like once you're saved, you're you're good. Well, you're good to go. That's, that a, depends, that's a whole theology. Yeah, that depends on the the subsect of Christianity you want to be a part of. Once saved, that's always so saved, or baptism, or there's a few other uh, versions of it. Yeah, because I got baptized as like a wee lass, and then I just never got baptized again because what is the point? In that? Yeah, when I got baptized, the One lady before me was wearing a wig, and it came off in the water. Nice. Are you serious? 100% serious. They made you wear a wig? No, no. The lady before <laughs> me wore a wig. Oh. And her wig came off in the water. <laughs> they made you wear a wig? I thought you said, yeah, my wig came off in the water. And I was like, Chris, you're they didn't make wearing me. a I wig. I chose it. That was my thing. This is the like, life this is I chose. to me. Oh man! All right, everybody, we are got a we got a packed show today. Today we're got bringing up some news, uh, but before we do that, uh, we got a Sean. Uh, whoop! Let's try that one more time. We got a fun short <laughs> segment. I was going to say fun short, and then the the, the sh got in front. The shun fort. The shun fort. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a little wreck and rev. This is a part of the show where we like to recommend and review some things. Chris, what do you got for us? So I know we've talked about the show previously, The Last Kingdom. Yeah. They put out a movie on Netflix recently, and I watched it last night. Yeah, how was it? It was actually really good. Um, I feel like they should have probably turned it into a season of the show and just been mm. like the final season because there mm. were a lot of things that felt rushed. But the storyline, the, the plot of the movie was pretty good. The ending was ambiguous the way... Most people don't enjoy, but I like. Hmm. Um, it, it was it was a pretty good show. Lots I'd, of cool action sequences. So I'm assuming good graphics, all of that. So I'm assuming you did watch the last season, then. Yes. See, I did not. I am behind. Yeah, you need to watch the last season and then watch the movie. Okay. Because none of it will make sense if you don't watch the well, last. Well, I would season. assume so. But it's a uh, the Last Kingdom. Seven Kings Must Die. It's on Netflix, and it's worth a watch if you've watched the show. If you haven't watched the show, you might be a little lost, but it's still a good movie. <laughs> still a good movie. Yeah, what is this about? Like Uhtred, son of Uhtred. It's about a <laughs> it's about a Saxon uh before the British were British. He's a Saxon that was raised by Danes, which are the Viking race. Yeah. People I guess okay. Viking is a job, but the people that are known as Vikings are actually Danes. They're Danish. Also Hamlet. Was a was a Dane. It's true. Um, anyways, he was oh. raised by Danes, and then he ended up in the employ of the guy who's trying to unite all of Saxon kind into one England country, the first king of England. Oh, King um, um, Alfred. Yeah. So he ends mm -hmm. up working for Alfred, and subsequently Alfred's family 
And then this movie is about Uhtred, the Viking slayer. It is the Dane slayer. It is loosely based on actual history. Um, Very. Kind of like how like Rain is. I don't know. Have you seen Rain? No. No. It's about um, Mary, Queen of Scots, I think, but like loosely. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a very loose interpretation. Like, like what Alfred did was historic, or like what he like somebody to do. gave a director like, "Hey, I want a movie based on the founding of the country of England," and the director was like, "I have no idea what that is, but I got you." <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. how loose it feels, but it, it, it's a really good movie. So check yeah. it out. Cool. All right, Harley, what you got? So mine is a movie called Sling Blade, a 1996 <laughs> classic. Are you going back yes. in time now, Harley? I am because <laughs> Hunter made me watch this because ever since we've been together, he's been quoting this film and he'll say things like, it ain't got no gas in it. And like, that sounds you know, the like, like Hunter <laughs> and I love it. Yes. And then the like, mm-hmm, the like, mm-hmm. and the, I reckon and all that. And so I'm just like, I have no context for what this is. Like, I don't understand. And he's like, it's such a good movie. Like, you need to watch it. And his mom is the one who made him watch it. And like, you know, she was like, yeah, you you got to see this movie. <laughs> and so my preconceived notion of this film, because of Hunter's little quirky sayings and like quotes from the film, is that it's going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, you would think. And that. I see the cover of the film, and you know how it's like very like dramatic. Yeah, yeah. And I was it's like, oh, it's satire. Movie. Like it's gonna, it's, it's you know, not. it's not, it's not, no. it's not at all. No. And I almost cried like four times, probably. <laughs> it's so good. It's very, it's, very intense movie. It's very intense. Um, there is like language and like slurs that are used um just to describe like the main character and then like one of the other side characters who is gay and stuff like that um so if you ever do watch it be prepared for that because i was not prepared for that um those aren't the lines hunter quotes yeah (laughs) no he did not say those ones (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah and i'm trying to think of what else yeah, it's just so much more emotional than I thought. And I was like, damn. God damn. This hurt. But yeah, it's about a man named Carl. And he's like the main character. And he's played by Billy Bob Thornton. And that's all I got for you. Because <laughs> I think you just need to watch it in order to really Appreciate understand it. it. Yes. Yeah. Because if it's spoiled for you, it kind of just like ruins it. But yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And I was like, what? And so now Hunter and I can go back back and forth on quotes because I know <laughs> what he's talking about. Very nice. So. French fried potatoes. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I reckon I like some biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> what you reckon you like to eat in there? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving along. Uh, all right, so mine is... Um, Guys, look, we all know and love David Attenborough. His voice is legendary and iconic within especially the nature documentary world. Uh, And so they have been releasing an ultra-British documentary uh, called Wild Isles. And it is a nature documentary set about around the British Isles. So you got, of course, England and, you know, Wales, Scotland and Ireland and all that. Um, And it's good. I am enjoying it. It is. Here's the thing. 
Damn it! It's it's like it's like you get any of these legendary voices like um, Martin Freeman or what's another one? What's another legendary voice? Uh, Earl Jones. You, you get these voices, and it doesn't matter what you're watching; it just makes it ten times better. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, there's not that many exciting things in England. Like as far as nature is concerned, it's like it's fine. <laughs> like there's deer and there's some foxes, and that's about it. Like that's what you got. You got some orcas that come up in the water, but that's about it. But the show is good, and it's really well made. Um, and so seeing the foxes and, you know, certain other animals that are kind of cool, but I like it and it's fun. And I, like I can, I can hear him saying flora and fauna Yes, flora in my head. Fauna. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's good. It's fun. And if you need just something to chill and to have in the background, it's a nice show. Mm. I like putting on documentaries and falling asleep to them. Like in the first mm. 10 minutes. Yeah. I think my favorite one, <laughs> my favorite one was, uh, Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, season yeah. one. That's another voice. Yep. Yeah. It's just really it's soothing, one. calming. You get to learn something if you stay awake. <laughs> yeah, Planet Earth is pretty good. And then oh, you like wake up like favorites. four hours later and then you see like an <laughs> antelope getting mauled by <laughs> some animal and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> or you wake up, you got some like some mating going on. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nature. You're like, oh, what, what, what is we? happening? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any other thoughts, comments before we move this show along? No. Nor. I'm good. All right. This might be one of our shortest segments ever, but guys, we got uh, whew, we got a doozy of a main segment coming around, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at at alwaysmorepod. If you'd like to ask us a question for us to answer on the pod, you can email us at alwaysmorepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us on our Always More hotline and leave a voicemail question at 254-218-4042. You can also follow all of our social medias individually and as the Always More podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to it. In his 1941 State of the Union address, President Franklin D. Roosevelt proposed four fundamental freedoms that all people deserve. The first is freedom of speech and expression. Second is freedom of every person to worship God. Third is freedom from want. Fourth is freedom from fear. The four freedoms offer a powerful vision for the world, representing, too, what America can be at its best. Well, today's conservatives have their four freedoms, too, representing, as it turns out, America at its worst. Freedoms only for them to enjoy. One of them is freedom from history, meaning the violent, painful, and unsavory parts that make white folks look or feel bad. In Florida, where book banning and, frankly, human life has reached Orwellian levels, the DeSantis administration is now scouring social studies books for prohibited topics. The New York Times reports that at least one publisher, in trying to cater to Florida's draconian guidelines, chose to revise its story on Rosa Parks by omitting references to race. Kind of hard to talk about Rosa Parks, who helped launch the civil rights movement without mention of her race, right? Here's the book's original passage on Parks 
This is for first graders, by the way, saying, quote, the law said African-Americans had to give up their seats on the bus if a white person wanted to sit down. Okay, that's pretty clear. But then check, check out these re revisions. One, mentioning race, but indirectly, saying Parks was told to move to a different seat because of the color of her skin. The next revision took race out completely, saying Ms. Parks was, quote, told to move to a different seat. That's it. No mention as to why. No mention of race or segregation the law that resulted in Park's subsequent arrest. It isn't just DeSantis and his minions waging this war against history. According to the New York Times, a conservative group complained to the state that a fifth-grade textbook mentioned slavery 189 times. Another objection, an eighth-grade book gave outsized attention to the negative side of the treatment of Native Americans, quite the euphemism for genocide. And why not a fuller account of acts of violence by the indigenous, the group complained, such as the Jamestown Massacre of 1622, in which Powhatan warriors killed English colonists. I mean, why wouldn't they just welcome the European invaders taking their land? Like, you know, pretend Thanksgiving. As bizarre as this stuff is, it does help to explain the other freedoms Republicans hold so dear. The freedom from facts, freedom from modernity, and freedom from losing elections. It's why they're hell-bent on erasing the progress of an entire century to take us backward to a world where LGBTQ people cannot live or thrive, and God forbid drag queen story hour, and where, as they would have it, women exist as nothing more than incubators, which is why today, in the year 2023, one male Trump-appointed judge can decide if a common abortion pill will remain on our shelves. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we are back into our news segment, uh, news episode, I guess, to discuss a concerning topic, and that is the rise of banning books and basically eliminating edu you know, history and education. Uh, in the past few years, there have been a noticeable display of state legislators, uh, city councils, and school boards both attempting and successfully removing books, history, scientific theory, and curriculum from public libraries, public schools, and even some colleges. So today we want to discuss why this is harmful and how we should learn from similar events in history. We got ourselves a doozy, folks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get very upset during this episode. I can... I can feel it. I think I'm going to start by saying it is quite ironic that these book bans, and we'll get into, because I know one of the biggest gripes is like, well, what are they banning? Like, We'll definitely get into that. But it's ironic that it's the people who often will quote scientists when it's like, well, it's male or female. That's just a scientific fact or, you know. Which is wrong. Or they'll say something like, you know, all scientists will say that, you know, a fetus is life. And sure, but it's not encompassing the whole truth. Um, and they'll say that for those things. But when it comes to history now, it's like, oh, so you don't want to actually discuss the whole history of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they um, never do. It's always cherry-picked information. Yeah. So, oh, man. You guys want to say anything before we get going? Um, I think I would say to approach this episode with an open mind, um, even if this is not something that you are interested in or care about or familiar with, I think it's important that you know it at least at the very least, um, 
because it does impact you and the future of America and the future of our children and so on. So agreed. Yeah. Solid. Okay. Um, so we have basically this main segment cut up into three different parts. And we're going to talk about first about what is being banned. Because usually the outcry of the right is that the things that are being banned are these inappropriate things for children. And so I thought uh, I would look into just <coughs> what is actually being banned and cut from our school systems. So this right. is based on Penn America's index of school book bans from July 2021 to June 2022. And there were about 2,000, I think I cut that off by accident, about 2,300 instances of individual books being banned. So by state, uh, bans occurred in 138 school districts in 32 states. These districts represent 5,400, excuse me, 5,049 schools with a combined enrollment of nearly 4 million students. Texas had between 751 to 1,000 bans. Florida, 501 to 750. Tennessee and Pennsylvania, 251 to 500. So Texas is leading the way. Right. <laughs> As per usual. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is the subject matter of the banned content. And I would highly recommend, I have this article linked in our show notes. So you can go check it out and it goes into more detail. But I wanted to just kind of give you guys a um, a quick brush of, of what is what is being uh, delivered here. And before you start that, this is all factual. Like you can Google this information. It's very easily found. This is not opinions. This is not fake news. Like you can see all of this stuff. This isn't information we're choosing to pick because it coincides with our personal opinions. Right. It is just the fact. So um, 41%, and this is the most revolves around LGBTQ plus themes. They have rather themes, protagonists, or prominent secondary characters. 41%. Now look, you could make the argument that, well, what if those books have like sexually explicit things? Like first of all, there's so many other things. I think we talked about this earlier. There's so many other things in your libraries that have that in general. But the fact that it's 41% that has LGBTQ themes, that's more than just what people would say as sexual content or whatever. Like that is is far and beyond that. Not all. Go ahead. They deem it, you know, sexual content, of course. So your identity as a queer person is not inappropriate. That is not a thing. There is a difference between sexual content and being who you are. And right. Gender is completely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I'm trying to. (laughs) Gender and sex are not the same thing, and it infuriates me when people just don't look things up. Also, both of those things are a spectrum. Right. Nature doesn't really do binaries. No, it doesn't. And so it it, it grinds my gears because, like, this 41%, it's like, it's it's literally just based off you being LGBTQ. That's literally all. There's nothing to do with... gay is in it. Right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And gayness has nothing to do with you doing sexual things. It is who you are. There's a complete, it's the same thing as a straight person. If you were to say straight person, then you are implying the same exact things as saying a gay person. That's all right. it is. 
Now, here's where it gets fun again. 40% is protagonist or prominent secondary characters of color. Guys. Which is wild. This, this is. Y'all heard what they did to Rosa Parks just now? Yeah. yeah. Like, if, if you, even if, like, this 41% LGBTQ, which it's important to note, even if that wasn't on this list, like, it is clearly, like, there is bias and there is racial... Um, undertones. Uh, undertones, yeah, in all this. Like, it is just pure bigotry. Mm-hmm. 22% was classified as sexual content. I would like to remind you, 41% was LGBTQ, 40% was characters of color. 22%, less than about half of those two things, sexual content. 20. Also, these percentages right, because that's overlap. Less concerning. Just so you guys yeah. are aware, the percentages overlap. Like, there can be LGBTQ yeah, yeah, yeah. with sexual content or protagonists of color with LGBTQ. Like, the percentages overlap because it's, yeah, yeah. it's not going to equal 100% just so the math isn't off. Yeah. Right. Uh, 21% it was titles with issues of race and racism. Um, 10% titles with themes of rights and activism. 9% biography, autobiography, or memoirs. 4% stories with religious minorities. Which is wild. Yeah. Nowhere in this list has anything to do with Christianity, with... Um, Straight couples. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nearly half of all, excuse me, nearly half of the unique titles of banned books were young adult books, but bans also affected many books for younger readers, including 317 picture books and 168 chapter books. Of the 2,500 bans listed in the index, 96% were enacted without following the best practice guidelines for book challenges outlined by the American Library Association, which Harley, I'm sure you're aware of, and mm-hmm. the National Coalition Against Censorship. Um, Harley, you, seeing that you are one, have a history degree and also work in a library, um, mm-hmm. any, any context to what you just read there? Um, so I don't know if I can give like generalized context, um, because I really only know what happens at my library mm-hmm. mostly. Um, but there is, um, a process for book challenges that we have. And it's basically like, if you have a complaint about a book um, and there is a reason you don't like it, et cetera, et cetera, um, you can go fill out this paperwork, you know. um, I think you have to put your name. I don't think you can leave it anonymous um, and state like, what is exactly happened in this book that you did not like and so on and so forth. But most oftentimes um, people like to just complain and (laughs) kind of state their opinions on books. And so they like kind of come up to us as librarians and they're like, well, why do you have this book? Like stuff like that. And um I just don't really see the point in this book being here. I don't think it's appropriate for children, especially of this age. And you kind of, you can't entertain their opinion or, you know, go against their opinion. You kind of obviously have to stay middle ground um, and not agree or disagree. And then you can, we just kind of like let them know what the process is. Like if they really 
don't think we should have that book. And very often they don't follow through with it. They just want to say something, to say something. Excuse me, ma'am. I just need you to know that I'm a bigot. (laughs) (laughs) It's important Um, to me that you get that. (laughs) And um, so if it does go through with um, like them filing um, a book challenge, um, it's reviewed usually by like, I think the board and like the directors of the library. Um, and they just kind of determine whether or not this is really that big of a problem to be banned. Mm. Um, and most oftentimes, at least in my library, we're very lucky, um, that if it is something like LGBT, blah, 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 we're like, sorry, we buy books to represent our diverse community. And I understand that like, this can make you uncomfortable, but we can help you find things that you will like. Yeah. You know, I suggest Mein Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if we have that. It's which is, not a banned book. Which is wild. Yeah. Um anyways. Um so yeah, those are like our personal guidelines for like what to do in a book challenge. And so considering that um it says 96% were enacted without following the guidelines um, is wild. Yeah. Um, because there should be a reviewed process for it. Um, just because having like, obviously a biased opinion is not going to serve anyone justice. It's just going to please mm-hmm. whoever, whatever person has this like but little people like Ron DeSantis get it in their heads that they are the power and they can do right. whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. And people just kind of be like, oh, that's a force to be reckoned with. I guess we'll just listen to him because he knows better kind of thing because he's in a position of power. Um, but that's why there are things like library boards and library associations um, for this kind of stuff. Right. And so it's really sad to see um those being avoided at all costs and yeah. disregarded when it's literally public information and education right well, and it, i'm sorry go ahead i was just going to say that it's it's one of those things where it's like if you don't like the book find something else that you do <laughs> like yeah it has no impact on you whatsoever literally just move on or if you don't want your kid reading this book, don't let your kid read the book. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's wild to me that people like it, it's the whole point of choice. Like you have the choice to read that book or not. You have the choice right. to anymore. let your children go to read that book. Any, like you, you as a parent have that right. Like no one's taking that away from you. It, but it, yeah, it's wild. And that's why I want to mention too, like, um, you mentioned it too, Chris, about DeSantis. He's like threatening AP classes and like college, like trying to challenge the college board of what yeah. is not allowed in college. It's like I thought he had actually had classes banned from Florida colleges, like minority studies. I think and he was trying studies. to. Yeah, I, think I thought was, it actually went through. I I don't know. Um, Chris, you also mentioned a great point. Things that were not on the list, that which is really telling, are things like you know. 
white supremacy or not white supremacy, um, like the KKK or or mm-hmm. things that were no, like my comfort. No, like, they're banned if they are negatively showing the KKK, but they're right. not banned if it's just like a history or a positive light of the KKK. Right. Yeah. But you would also think of things like things that have always been a like not always, but like especially in the last fifty years or so, that has been a big topic issue with Americans. I guess hundred years is like communism and Marxism. You would assume that would be on this list, but it's like nowhere on there. Yeah, like, I'm sure there's tones in it in different parts of it, but like not enough to make a big percentage point. And so you would like it really is just telling just the bigotry and the hatred that is involved in these lists and in these. Bands. I think probably one of the biggest telling books that was banned. Happened a long time ago. They're just maintaining the ban at every opportunity. Is Orwell's 1984? Oh yeah, talking mm. about big government. That's one of my favorite bad. books. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, we don't like you talking about how bad government is, so we're gonna ban this book that talks about how bad <laughs> government is because we're the government. Yeah. We can do what we want. It's kind of proving the point of the book, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. It's- there was another situation that happened kind of recently um, with a patron, and it was a it was a young child and she was wanting information about 9-11 and like the twin towers and I was like um because <laughs> at what point do I just like hey are you sure you should be reading this like you know kind of thing and so my job is to obviously find her the type of book she wants show it to her and if she wants to check it out she can and so I showed her some of the books that we had And um, she, I remember her taking it over to her mother and I was like, I'm about to get so yelled at right now. (laughs) Like she's about to rain hell on me. And instead, which was really nice. um, Her mom was like, okay, well um, we can read this together, but um, it will have, if you're reading this, it will have to be with mom and dad because, you know, lived experience, they can explain the things and the content in the book to her better. You know, that sounds like how every book should be handled if it has sensitive content. It's it's almost like there's a line between children and information that maybe somebody or something of an older age, maybe a higher authority, (laughs) that's probably related to them and is already showing them things in life would be able to handle. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh. Parents, that's the word. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, and that kind of lies into the problem, too. It's like even when I was a pastor, youth pastor, it's just uh, it's not everyone by no means, but they definitely make a big splash um, or the parents who just want their kids to to get all their information and all their learning from teachers, from pastors, and they not put any work into it at all. And yeah. then they like to complain when you're not doing it the way they would want to do it. Yeah. And, and and it's just, yeah. If I were going to do it, I would do it this way. Okay, then do it that way. No, no, you do it. <laughs> you literally. And then I think another big thing is um, parents feeling like they don't know about what their kids are reading in school or like, because you know, like in your English class, there is always one book in your English class that you will read together as a class. Yeah. And you, most often than not, it is probably a book that's like, not exactly like controversial, but sensitive topic of some kind, right? But more often than not, you get a paper to take home to your parent right, so that they right. can like confirm if this is like 
they want their child to read this or something like that. Or like with movies, they want their child to watch the movie in class. And I think it's on the parent to reach out to your child and be like, hey, what's going on in school? Like, what are you learning about? And you can also check. I'm pretty sure you can email that teacher (laughs) and get their academic calendar thing or like their academic. What is the word? Syllabus. Like what they're teaching. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it all really falls back onto parents and guardians. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was reminded that there's a lot of books in history that, that used or have been, or I've been tempted to be, to have been banned. And like, you got books like the great Gatsby, which I read in school, uh, catcher in the rye grapes of wrath, kill a mockingbird. Like that one, like it's wild to me. Cause I remember that came out a few, few years ago. Someone was trying to get that banned again. And it's, it's basically making, cause their excuse was like, well, that makes white people or whatever look bad. It's like, Really? White people <laughs> you don't that? say you mean like history? <laughs> like history. And it's like like reality? Like we, we, we talked about this in the in, in before we aired or before we recorded this, but we were I, I was gonna go with this into this whole deep thing about CRT, but I'll just I'll just say this. Like guys, no one is teaching your kids this college level collegiate theory about race. No one's doing that. There is no teacher out there who has on their syllabus, hey guys, I'm going to teach you about how horrible white people are. They're not doing that. But what they are and should be doing is teaching children that, hey, this, this, this nation has a really bad past, but there's also some good people that we can look at to, you know, resemble on. You know, there's a guy, I can't remember, he was doing an interview and he was talking about CRT. He was talking about, you know, things that have been banned in history books and whatnot. And it's like, you white people are failing to realize that there's also really great abolitionists in history that we can be putting up on a pedestal. Yep. Like they're both black and white people who were advocating to end slavery before the civil war that we could be celebrating and bringing up. Yes. Talk about the bad negatives, but also bring up the good positives that were around in that time. Granted they weren't as prominent, but we can still bring them up. Yeah. It's just so wild that people have to, like pick or choose like no we can it's supposed to be balanced it's not supposed to be black or white binary like it's it's just talk about truth oh man and it's also a matter of um school boards and districts approve what is taught yeah we're about to get to their (laughs) schools um so if you really have that big of a problem you should really take it up higher than that Hundred percent. All right, let's move on to some current examples or current-ish examples. So this is kind of where the news part of this episode comes in. Uh, Lano County, which I just realized, I wonder if that's based off of a Latin or a uh, Spanish. Lano, Llano, yeah, county. Uh, an article, yeah, but from, it's Texas, so right, yeah. And an article from the Texas Public Radio by Kayla Padilla. Uh, we see an example where county commissioners would rather close down their entire library system. Mind you, that means like firing people, like people losing their jobs, instead of complying with a federal judge. The Texas mm. Hill Country's Lano County commissioners debated whether or not, and this is still ongoing, 
uh, to shut down their library system rather than abide by federal judges' ruling that they must put 17 prohibited books back on their shelves. So they took out 17 books. A federal judge came in and was like, no, put it back. The banned books, which address issues of race huh, and LGBTQ identity, were taken down last year without the consent of the public. Guys, we're a fucking democracy. Yeah. <laughs> No, we're a fascist dictatorship wearing the jacket of a democracy. Mm. It's blue. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Give it a couple of years. So Mm. without the consent of the public, after Llano County officials deemed them to be pornographic and sexually explicit. Um, That's wild. A few examples cast uh, the origins of the discontents uh, by Isabel uh, Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Uh, they call themselves the KKK, the birth of the American terrorist group by Susan Campbell. Uh, oh, Susan Campbell. Bartoletti. Bartoletti, thank you. Uh, Being Jazz, My Life as a Transgender Teen by Jazz Jennings. Spinning by Tilly Walden and In the Night Kitchen by Maurice Sindak. The county was sued by seven parents for removing access to the books last year. The 17 books were ordered to be put back on the shelves on March 30th by the federal judge Robert Pittman because they had been singled out by authorities for the concepts they present. According to a Supreme Court precedent, books cannot be removed because of bias. Following the county's... freaking crazy. <laughs> following the county's appeal, the commissioners of Lano County met on Thursday, so that was a couple weeks ago in April, uh, to discuss whether to completely shut down the county's libraries rather than abide by the judge's ruling. Which is so insane to me because libraries are such critical resources of their communities, especially for those who are in poverty or of color and minorities um, because they offer things like printing and like scanning and the internet and a place to be when it's cold outside, such as the homeless, you know what I mean? Um, So to completely just eradicate a public library because you don't want to put 17 books out of your thousand collection of books right. is mind blowing, mind blowing. Yeah, it, it is. The governments don't care about the people. That's the problem. Oh my God. They really, it, it's not that they don't care. They seem to resent the people that they're governing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more like they hate them then they just don't care about them. They want them to be hurt and out of power and controlled and submissive and docile because I guess that's how they get their kicks. I don't know. I don't understand it. Insane. Yeah. Uh, So I was just looking it up because I I found this article a few days ago, but um, it turns out that they did keep the libraries open, though they are still trying to challenge the judge and everything. Um, Mm. So there you go. Um, yeah. In 2021, and we're going to be talking about Texas a lot, not just because we're in Texas, but because they're mainly the main culprits of all this. Texas and Florida, yeah. In 2021, the Texas Senate passed a bill that removed Martin Luther King, suffrage, and Native American history from the required curriculum. Remember that? No. Um, Furthermore, eliminates the need 
uh, to cover the history of white supremacy, including, oh, excuse me, that was a quote, the history of white supremacy, including, but not limited to, the institution of slavery, the eugenics movement, and the Ku Klux Klan, and the ways in which it is morally wrong. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. There was, like I remember seeing a clip on, on TikTok from the debate on the floor, and one of the Democratic senators was like, hey, are you aware that your bill bans, like, talking about Martin Luther King Jr. and his, I, you know, I have a dream speech and all this. And he goes, oh, uh, well, I guess we'll just have to review that or look at it. It's like, so you mm. weren't aware. You like, like not only are you advocating for this, but are you just not aware what's in this? Like, wh- what is the baseline for you presenting this bill? It's just wild. Like, who's writing this? Yeah. <laughs> who are, who is this? Some ghostwriter? Um, yeah, actually, it's... Um... There is a conservative Christian organization, uh, the Council for something. I can't remember. Hold on, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, but they are—they've been like behind the scenes doing Moms for Liberty. No, not Moms for Liberty. Well, they—that's part of it. That's one of their subsidiaries. But they've been behind the scenes for like the past hundred years, doing all kinds of crazy conservative stuff. Like they're playing the long game. They get in secret meetings with these politicians and they pay a lot of money. They ghost write bills and hand them to politicians and tell them, do this now, and they just do it. It's what insane. The fuck? Yeah, it's insane. It's, ah, I'm trying to remember the, the council for something. I saved some TikToks about it. I'll find <laughs> it. Give me a second. I'll find it. Um, while he's doing that, let's, let's move on. Uh, this month in Indian River Country, Florida. Um, following complaints from a parent group that the books minimized the Holocaust and reveals the young girl's thoughts about other female bodies, an illustrated adaptation of the Diary of Anne Frank was taken out of the Vero Beach High School Library. Are you joking? While the original edition of the Diary of Anne Frank is still available in the Freshman Learning Center and Middle School Libraries, um, but one of the four books, Jennifer Pippin, chair of the Indian River County Moms for Liberty chapter, had challenged last month, Anne Frank's diaries, the graphic adaptation was taken down. Essentially, it focused, they felt like it focused too much on her and what she thought about other, uh, her body and other things. It's like. Have they read the original? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That's the whole point. I don't and think so. making it a graphic novel makes it easier to digest for young readers. Right. So that's why they made that. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that is bizarre. It's like it's like it, when when people it's like it's a lot of these times these laws or these bills will be introduced and people will be saying things like, "Well, it, it's not about or it's about the content and everything." It's like, but when things like this come out, it's like you really are focusing on the young children. Like you're, you're, you're cutting out things for children because mm. anyone can read a big book, but like if you cut out things for kids, then it makes it easier to indoctrinate them. Mm. So yep. yeah, it's uh the council for national policy is what it's called. Oh, I think I've heard that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, in February, five Iowa mothers, all members of the right-wing Moms for Liberty organization, spoke to Iowa lawmakers about their efforts to restrict or ban inappropriate books from being used in classrooms. Uh, the removal of LGBTQ-themed books from the Library of Granbury, Texas, school district is under investigation by the U.S. Department of Education Civil Rights Division following the complaint of, or excuse me, by the American Civil Liberties Union. I'm just kind of blowing by some of these. That's okay. 
Oh, this one is the one that I was talking about. You want to read it? Yeah. Um, but before I do that, I also want to note that, um, how do I, the craziest part is the fact that these books are getting banned for content that's not even the main point of the plot. Yeah, yeah. The plot of these stories half the time is Normal. a mystery. Yeah. Coming of age, high school, etc. Developing best friends, you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, but they're gay. So bad. No, can't have. Like, bro, that's, and especially with, like, the Anne Frank one, she was a, sur- she, a Holocaust survivor. She didn't survive. Or, I guess, sadly. yeah, not survivor, but yeah, um, experiencer. But, like, yes, someone who experienced the Holocaust and had to go into hiding, and you're focused on the fact that she's a teenager? Yeah. A bi-curious Coming teenager. into her body as a woman, like, as a girl. That's what you're focused on. Right. Yep. Where did the plot of the movie go? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I, it's the same thing. Like even like in Florida, I can't remember who or when. I'm sure DeSantis was involved, but it was like people were complaining that like a gay teacher couldn't have a picture of him and his husband up on like up on their on their desk, and it's like not a problem if they're straight, but right. See, it has literally nothing to do with sexual content. Yeah. Literally nothing to do with it. And it has nothing to do with what that teacher is teaching. Right. Like, their job. Yeah. Yeah, there was a teacher. <laughs> I read I, I read a story or heard a story about it where the teacher went on vacation with their husband. And, like, this, the kids asked, oh, what'd you do over the weekend? And he was like, oh, my husband and I went on vacation. And that was it. Like, that, yeah. that was... That was it. But that teacher ended up getting like parent notes written about him to the principal and all kinds of crazy BS. Like mm. these people are just trying to live their lives, man. Yeah. Okay. So the next bit doesn't exactly pertain to a a book ban. Um, but I, I think it's relevant because it is a consequence of banning books or revising history books, such as what we listened to earlier with like the Rosa Parks. Um, so this is the same person. Her name is Joy Reed. She has a TikTok account, which is called um, um, The Readout. And basically she is a news anchor and she covers like lots of different subjects and things going on. But in a way that's like palpable, like you can understand it yeah, better. Digestible. And it's... Yes. Um, So basically, um, according to NBC News, the ultimate cancel act would cancel any filings of any party that previously advocated for slavery, which the Democratic Party did more than 150 years ago. Now, you kind of just take that and you're like, whoa, that's so bad. I can't believe they would do that. Um, The bill, which is called SB 1248 would require Florida officials to notify all registered voters who belong to any canceled parties that their parties no longer exist. It would also change their voter registrations to no party affiliation, meaning if you do not reassign your party affiliation to something else that exists, 
then you cannot vote in the primaries, which mostly disenfranchises people of color and et cetera. Yeah. So what's wild about this is (laughs) first off, people are just aren't aware of like the whole party switch thing, but like, just, just look up like people like Strom Thurmond, who literally in the 50 or 60s was like this straight up Democrat, but because the government was, was basically advocating for segregate or desegregation and everything, he was like a, he was an advocate for KKK. Like he, he was on posters mm-hmm. for this kind of stuff, and he switched to the Republican Party. Him and along with hundreds of other people. It's like yeah, just ask today. Ask today, people in the in the KKK, who do they vote for? It's not a hard Literally. thing to figure out here. Yeah, this is not a hard concept. Who do they vote for today? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just want to point out that I'm intentionally choosing to remain quiet <laughs> on a lot of these topics because they infuriate me. Mm. Like there is a fire deep inside of me that I just want to expel onto everyone that has these stupid opinions. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of shit is so easily Googled, so easily found the information is there. That's why they're banning all of it. Yeah. But honestly, there's no need to ban it because their voter base does not care to find the information. Like they yeah. avoid it actively. <laughs> well, I think it just revolves right back down to the root of it. It's really just about the next generation. That's why you like this whole yeah. TikTok ban thing is a thing. And, That's all it is. And, and, it's and, to prevent information from being shared and getting out. Yeah. And, and like why voter like restrictions are coming back and becoming a thing again. It's mm-hmm. because this younger generation, as the stats have shown from this past election, are really showing, it's really telling, yeah, that they're, they're, like, they're, they're not taking up for this shit anymore. If, and, yeah. I think if uh, millennials and Gen Z were the only people yeah. able to vote, there were like two red states. Yeah, it was like 70-20, I think. Yeah. I think it was actually Texas and Kansas too, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> also, I do I was like, know well, I'm getting out of Texas. Oh, no. <laughs> if we went to, like, a straight democracy, like, not a gerrymandered district oh. republic, uh, republic democracy, democratic republic, um, I think, like, 71% of the country would vote blue. Yeah. Mm. It's if wild. it was a popular vote, like, every time it'd be much more liberal than conservative it is so wild the yeah. voting system I, that's another episode Sorry, that, yeah that is definitely another episode um but as tim had mentioned if you don't know what the like political switch is let me uh, go ahead and explain it for you oh is that what um, that is in this next paragraph let me eliminate. i'm sorry i didn't mean to take no, that no, from no. you no 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 um, it's perfect opener, actually. Um, but Joy Reed, she actually goes into it further on the TikTok, and it is linked in our show notes. I made sure of that. Um, but something that obviously people don't know is the political switch that occurred. And it wasn't like fast. It didn't happen quickly. But um, basically, following the Civil War and with the like 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments being... Um, passed and giving black men the right to vote they predominantly voted for um the republican party at the time which was a party of anti-slavery ideology progressive yes they were progressive and not super progressive but that's 
Joy kind of goes in the, into that more. They were progressive for the time. Right. Um, and that the Democratic Party was the party who advocated for keeping slavery as an institution and so on and so forth. Um, but with those amendments passed and black voters, black men, male voters getting the right to vote, um, the Republican Party started to like boom. And um, their kind of like civil rights um, ideologies were like becoming more popular. Um, so this happened over a process of like decades. The party party ideologies began to like switch, um, meaning um, that the conservative Democratic Party was soon um, like it was the Dixiecrats, right? I think so. Yeah, um, it, it was like they were a, possessing it was like the a ideas. Political K turn. Yeah. Like yeah. they they left the Republican Party or they left the Democratic Party to form their right. own party, and then the uh, Republicans started becoming Democrats, and mm-hmm. then the Dixiecrats became Republicans. Right. Um. So kind of just like the pro civil rights platform was super booming and that et cetera. So there's they're starting to change. Um. But like I said, it wasn't instant, and it really started to happen in the 20th century with Franklin D. Roosevelt um, with the New Deal after the Great Depression because he was like, wow, our people are dying because of our own actions. Isn't that crazy how self-organization works? Um, to, and there were several other presidents in between, um, like I think Harry Truman and um, – Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, um, but all the way up to Lyndon Baines Johnson, who signed the Civil Rights and Voting Rights Acts, which essentially cut off like all notions of like Southern conservatism. And I'm talking like white supremacy and like the KKK and so on and so forth. Um, It with signing those acts, it was like, oh, well, this is kind of like the final end of this switch, because this Democratic president is for the people. Mm not how it used to be where they were for themselves. Yep. Um, And so then when good old Ronald Reagan uh, became president, um, conservatism was like just stewing, boiling, reaching a boiling point in the Republican Party. Um, But yes, it's further explained in the TikTok, like what that meant and how the Republican Party, even though, they're trying to like kind of perceive themselves as like, oh, we weren't the original for slavery party. They still had their racists. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they still were problematic. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Yeah. Just, just for funsies, I follow an account on TikTok that is literally just, hey, Ronald Reagan is still dead. <laughs> yeah. Like every post is that. There was one on Easter where it's like, it's <laughs> Easter Sunday, and you know what that means. Just kidding. He's still dead. <laughs> I, I will say this for any of our listeners who might think Ronald Reagan is actually a good, decent human being. He's not. Um, go <laughs> go find this podcast called The Dollop and go watch or listen to their episodes about Ronald Reagan. And this is all like public record stuff that they repeat, but it's just wild because it's he was the worst. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to move on. Let's talk about some history. Um, there yeah, are several yeah. examples in history of nations removing education in order to better control its population, um, but probably the most infamous is that of Nazi Germany's book bannings and burnings in the 1930s leading up, leading up, leading up 
to his invasion of Poland and their attempt to eradicate Jews, LGBTQ, and disabled people. As well as the Romani people. Yes, thank you. Romani. Like, and by no means am I diminishing the fact that it was prominently Jews, but it should not be dismissed that it was also Romani, LGBTQ, disabled, basically anyone who didn't... People of color. Yeah, people of color, people who did not fit into their idea and definition of the quote dominant race yeah which is a social construct race um so which proved it actually with <laughs> world war ii <laughs> so that's my favorite they're like oh we're the superior race are you <laughs> because oh, in my really? opinion a superior race would have won <laughs> <laughs> uh according to period back to back world war trips um, according to the U.S. Holocaust, <laughs> according to the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum, uh, beginning on May 10th, 1933, Nazi-dominated students groups carried out public burnings of books they claimed were quote un-German. The book burnings took place in 34 university towns and cities. Works of prominent Jewish liberal, 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 and leftist writers ended up on the bonfires. The book burnings stood as a powerful symbol of Nazi intolerance and censorship. The Nazi University Student Association created blacklists of works, blacklists of works by literary and political figures such as Berlo Brecht, Bertolt Brecht, thank you, Eric, Eric, Eric Maria, Maria Remarque, and Ernest Hemingway that were to be <laughs> thrown into the flames. I've read a lot of these books. In the aftermath of the book burnings, the Nazi regime raided bookstores, libraries, 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 and publishers' warehouses to confiscate materials it deemed dangerous or un-German. The Nazi book burnings provoked international criticism from the intellectuals and the press. They saw it as a barbaric act that was uh, that was out of keeping... Well, let me start that over. Act that was out of keeping with a modern, civilized society. We highly recommend us here at the Always More Pod, that you check out the rest of this article in our show notes uh, where they describe how Goebbels, Goebbels, God, I I think about uh, Inglorious Bastards and how they make fun of him, but uh, yeah, Goebbels used education and propaganda to push the people in Germany to extreme fascist ideologies. You know, these people are lucky that they they were back then and not around with Gen Z today, Gen Z and Gen Alpha, because they would have like destroyed these people just just on their names alone. Gobbles, more like gobbles. <laughs> Gobble these nuts. <laughs> now, some on the right might brush this, like the whole fact that Nazis burned and banned books, uh, this to the side because they feel like what the Germans banned is nothing to what most Brooklyn's are banning in schools today. Well, um, we found an interesting article by Travis Green where he used data analysis using data provided by Berlin's Open Data Initiative to dissect the most common words and themes in the books and content that were banned by the Nazis. Are you guys ready for this? Isn't AI no. amazing? <laughs> According to Green, quote, there were actually two types of flags used by the SS. The first type was for books that uh, threatened the Nazi culture, Nazi culture, and the second type was for books that were quote, unsuitable to fall into the hands of youth. But again, Mein Kampf was fine. These books <laughs> also could not be shown in storefront windows or placed in bookstores where the general public could uh, find them. 
After filtering out most of the grammar words and putting the most common words in a bi, uh, excuse me, a big room's cloud, which is like you know, like the, the images where it's like there's like these bigger words and smaller words. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that. There are some key things to notice. A lot of poetry, likely an attempt to appropriate the German culture icons and use them to support their ideology. So a lot of poetry was cut out. Uh, lots of references to communism, which, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but the Nazis were not communist. Uh, what that's like what most Americans think of, but yeah, they, they were fascist. They were fascist, which is exactly what America's becoming. And one of the biggest obsessions: controlling family values in the younger generation. Well, weird. Well, here are some of the 150 most common words: love, war, history, Germany. Ironically, marriage. Youth, it's probably because it was criticisms of Germany. Marriage, yeah. youth, Jews, Soviet Union, Hitler, women, revolution, psychoanalysis, socialism, and the church. This is from Green. Based on this, we could infer that the Nazis were trying to control how Germans viewed their own history and the mm. events of the Russian Revolution, which was only a couple of decades before. Yep. At the same time, actually a decade before, no, it was a couple. Uh, at the same time, the Nazis were worried about the role of the family and the institution of marriage, particularly the sexual mores of women at the time. And finally, they were attempting to suppress the free expression of ideas related to Christianity and the church. All of this supports the familiar historical narrative that the Nazis used censorship of the press to support the party ideology of racial superiority. Any books containing ideas that might make people question the party lines were banned from publication. To me, it Any sounds, of that ring a bell? To me, it sounds like somebody in 1930s Germany got cheated on by his wife, and she probably left him for a black woman that's also Jewish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's like, just, I hate all of these things now. Kill them all. Yeah. It is just wild to me that it's usually, and guys, I used to be one of them. It's the Republicans who are like all about history, American history. And I'm like, guys, just like, oh, yeah, I'm a history buff. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> it's like, just look, just look it up. Look at what the Nazis were banning. Look at what led them to the place where they got to, which is why you and have, also, pe which is why you have people today that are actually defending Russia right now. It's mm. wild to me. That is wild. Ugh. And also to mention the rise of anti-Semitism. Yep. Right now. That's coming uh, back what's, in a big yeah. way. In a big way. Too like big. There are people big proudly like goose-stepping and waving Nazi flags. Yeah. And they don't see the irony in this. Yeah. That is the voter base of the right. We mm -hmm. call it the alt-right, the extreme right, the far right wing, whatever, but that's, it's not that far right. Yeah. It is like two steps away from your Republican uncle that you see at Thanksgiving every year. Right. Like it, mm -hmm. it's, it is, that's who they are and that's who they're targeting. And a lot of people have concerns about like kids falling down the alt-right pipeline. It happens to adults way more often and way more easily, I think. Mm. Because you watch like three things on Fox News and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, I don't think that blacks this, this and that. 
I don't think the gays need to be involved in this. Yeah. Trans people aren't real. They're all mentally ill. Like, sorry. Like I said, I th- this is a very touchy subject. Mm. And I get really upset about it. I think about it the same way when people, religious Christians, let me, let me say that again. American white Christians get really upset about their, especially their kids, but other fellow believers question things about religion or whatever, about the church or whatever. It's like, you are afraid of the truth. You are afraid of history. You're afraid of exploration Mm -hmm. and these ideas. If you are truly about choice, about freedom, about free will, like you claim your God is, then this shouldn't be a problem. And so I'll have some final thoughts later as we end the show, but <laughs> guys, just just read your history. <laughs> it's like the party of freedom only cares about the freedom of straight white Christian people to own guns and like literally no other freedom at all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why they have like, they like have, you have the freedom to do what I say. <laughs> all right on that note that was a long thing and we're going to end it and we'll share some final thoughts towards the end of the pod i promise the ending will be more fun <laughs> all right thanks for listening we'll be right back everybody welcome back from that short temporary break we are back 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 what a what a topic you know what a oof what a doozy what a fun little uh-huh. sensitive subject <laughs> to get under my skin yeah i yeah i don't want to get into it so i'm just going to move on and say <laughs> we, we promised it would be fun yes fun fun time now uh we are we are getting into some fan questions That's right. Just like how Rohan answered Gondor's call for help, we asked you guys for some questions, and you responded as such. Finally, uh, True, yeah. but they did respond, and, and we want to be kind to those who responded by saying thank you, and we are going to answer a couple of those questions today. Are you all ready? Here we go. Shane asked, what is your current favorite song? Harley, what say you? Mine is Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, and it's from 1988. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. We have to have the year, too? <laughs> I just put the year because it's an old song. Um, Luke Combs just did a cover of it for his new album, and it's pretty good. But uh, the original hits. The original you hit. get a fast car. I got a plan to get us out oh, of here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't it's very remember. sad. That one, it was in a, I don't remember if it was a TikTok or a Vine, but it was like having a hype man as a country artist. It's like, you got a fire ass car. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> stoop, stoop. Oh, man. That's mine. <laughs> All right. Chris? Uh, so Good you, Lord. You know, I cannot. I'm a, I'm a music, like, that's my special interest. We just needed one. Interest. You, you could have just made it, it up. You could have just lied. Why I'm can't autistic. you just go by the rules? <laughs> because I'm autistic. <laughs> I can't, like, I couldn't just pick one. Because it depends on the mood, you know? I need context. Okay, yeah. So right, some right. of my favorite songs are Little Sadie by Crooked Still. 
uh, Fi Fi, Tobe Wigwe, Still Into You, Paramore. That's Classic. always going to be a top Yeah, that's song. a good one. Yeah. Uh, Monsters by James Blunt, because I've been really in my feelings lately. Mm. James Hope, Blunt is really good. Right? Such a good yeah. artist. Um, Hope by NF, nice. because, again, I've been in my feelings lately. And Run <laughs> to the Hills by Iron Maiden, because I'm tired of white people. Mm. Except you guys. <laughs> Except you guys and my wife and really the people that I interact with. I pick good On white people. On a daily people. basis. Yeah. I pick good white people. Yay. You know what I found out the other day? That <laughs> one of the lead singers for the band, which I'm sure you might remember, uh, Cross Movement, back in like the 90s, early 2000s. You know what I'm talking about? Like the Christian rap group? Oh, come no. on. You do know. You just don't know. Anyways. Uh, he, I do know, but I don't know. Right, 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 right. You know of. You just... He blocked it out. It's trauma. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Uh, anyways, uh, one of them has come out as like an atheist, and he's like, he's doing an interview with um, uh, Captain Dadpool guy. So I might check that out later. Yeah. Um, my current favorite song uh, is this little tune called Good Morning Sunshine by the Narcissist Cookbook. And he is this, oh, I should have looked this up. He's either Scottish or Irish. I always get mixed up with the accents. Um, those two are similar to me. Probably Irish, because the Scottish accent I don't <laughs> think would do very well musically in America. <laughs> well, those two are similar to me. <laughs> it's one of those songs that actually I mentioned this to Chris the, like a few weeks ago, and he did not look it up, which is fine. But it actually reminds me of how he helps me, and it's basically Aww. one of those songs Stop. to where it is. Um, <laughs> Like the first, like the first few lines is "Good morning, welcome to the world, sunshine." You can't stay in bed forever. Remember the deal: bed is for sleeping and masturbating. You've had as much as a human body can take for either of those things. So, we're getting out of bed today. Uh, and then he kind of like the whole song is him like walking him through d- just doing normal routine things to get out of bed because he's hurt for some reason. Um, mm. And he goes, "Listen, I know this at the end of the song. It's serious. I know. Okay, I know how it feels. Like I've got you lugging around heavy rocks all around all day for no reason, with no reward. But please trust me. I can see that what you're not able to see yet. This is not just a pile of stones. We are building a castle together, and we're going to build it brick by heavy fucking brick. And it's just a really super motivational song that I like to start my day off with. So listen to nice. that a lot. I like that. Yeah, maybe I should listen. Hell to yeah, brother." <laughs> Uh, all right, so thank you, Shane, for that question and the other ones that you asked us that we will definitely be bringing in in the next couple of weeks. But let's move along. Um, Nate, Harley, your your brother? Yes, this is my brother. Your your brother. My brother. I also have a brother named Nate. That's weird. You have a brother named Nate? Yeah, and Tim. Oh. Oh, my brother's full name is Nathan. Is that your brother's full name? Yes. Oh. Hmm. Hashtag biblical things. <laughs> Is that where that's from? No. It's from the Bible. Nathan, let's look it up, guys. Is it in? I swear, I thought it was from the Bible. Nathan in the Bible. Let's type in. Nathan. It might not be. could just be an average white man name. Yeah. It's a, it's a prophet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, he was in... Second Samuel? Sa- yeah, Second Samuel. Yep. In... Kings and Chronicles. Come on, theology degree. From, from, the, from the David time period. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. Anyways, Nate asked, if money were no object, how would you spend your time? And I would like to add on to his question by putting on a boundary 
of mm. let's take out family. Like if this were just you, like what would okay. you do? Because obviously, like, oh, I'm going to go with my family and go somewhere or do something. Like, But, like, let's take so, that out. So when he says money is no object, does that mean, like, I have all the money in the world? Or, yeah. like, yeah. money is not something that society needs? You're going way too deep into this. It means money doesn't matter. Like, like I, you can I afford have, anything. I can afford to do anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would travel a lot. Same. But I would hire a bodyguard to protect me. I mean, Ooh. It, wait, why? Because I'm a woman. Oh, well, yeah. So I'll do it. <laughs> this is why. It, this is why it matters to me. Like, again, context is very important. Because, like, if I have all the money in the world to do whatever I want, I'm going to help people. Chris. Take, oh, absolutely. Take, take that out. Like, yeah, boy, I guess that is part of the question. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. The question is, how would you spend your time? Like, like, yes, obviously, if you had all the money in the world, you would, I would like, spend my time. I mean, you could spend your time in politics. Donating. Yeah, I would, I would be in politics. I would lobby for things that are important to help people. I would spend all of my money making sure that people get taken care of, setting up charities, things like that. But if yeah. it's a society where, like, money's not a necessary thing because everybody's fed and clothed and they all have medicine <laughs> and all that. I would probably just be like a poet or I would get really into writing music and learning how to play different instruments. Like it matters. Okay. I need the context. These are good, these are good answers. I need the context. Yeah. Okay, so aside from saving the world, um, I would, you know how like some people would, you know what I mean? Like saving the world through your money? That's yeah. What I meant. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. You just stopped and looked at me like I was stupid. Um, he, well, I think it was more so because he was like, that's exactly what I was just saying. Right. So I'm, that's, what, that's my point. Like, of <laughs> course, you, we as de- decent human beings would want to do that. So, like, to yeah. me, like, that's why I separate it. Um, I would, you know, how, like, some people, like, want to go to, like, Asia and eat their way through Asia. It's like they go to different restaurants and mm. different places. I would do that. But instead of food, I would go to soccer games throughout oh, Europe cool. and oh. South America. I mean, why not do both? You got to That's eat. a good point. Solid point. You gotta eat. You yeah. gotta eat. You gotta eat. <laughs> Why not both? Everybody's gotta eat. Uh, so I would like to go visit Everybody all, eats. Of, all the stadiums that I know are really big and famous and go see these big teams and yeah. Yeah, that'd be really I think cool, it'd actually. be more fun to go to the little ones, honestly. Fun and terrifying, especially if you're in South America. Those games get intense. Mm. I wouldn't know. I've only been to some in North America. They get violent, man. There's a whole war <laughs> that came from one. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> From your Central American country. Yes, I'm well aware. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time we went to a soccer game for Marathon. It's my dad's team in Honduras. And we had to leave early. It's violent. It's fucking violent. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, and those guys are no joke. Like, even, it's they're just so passionate about it. And, of course, your your passion will lead to hate and anger for the other people. Yep. Um, But it's like, it's like gang fights. Yeah, it's just wild. Yeah, South that America makes sense. is so passionate with it. I love that for them. <laughs> Good for you. And we love this for them. Well, thank you, Shane and Nate, for those questions. And guys, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail question, which we've had a couple, uh, you can do that at 254 218 4042. Once again, that is 254 218 4042. And with that, Let's move along to our final thoughts for today's episode. Mm. Um, final thoughts. Um, bigots are stupid. Yep. Banning <laughs> books is stupid. Yep. Fuck Ron DeSantis. You say that with a, yep. d- a twang. Bigots are stupid. 
They are, I mean, you got to talk to them in their language. Um, <laughs> Though I would lo- I would like to know. I love catching on TikTok, mostly especially on TikTok, of like these southern guys, usually guys like that come out and like just read books, and so they start becoming you know progressive have, and liberal. Have you seen and the their, their accents are still so strong, and you like wait, are you making fun? Oh, you're serious. Okay, cool, cool, nice. Have you seen <laughs> the guys? They're um, like they're secret liberals. Like they are just sitting around drinking their yes. beers or whatever. He's like, hey, I voted for Obama. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, oh. Like, I think gay I people it. deserve rights. <gasps> <laughs> what are you talking like about the over liberal there? Liberal oh, farmers. Football. football. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, guys, just history is. There, there's. Did I, I think I sent you guys on TikTok. Um, there's this book that came out in like the 80s or 90s, and it talks about like these cycles, especially in American history, of like 80 year blocks, where you mm. get this, you get this prosperity at the beginning, and then like this awakening and troubling, and then ends up in like warfare of some kind, mm-hmm. and it very closely aligns to American history. So like. 80 years ago, we had World War II, and right after World War II, we had this period of blossoming with the, well, not for all people, obviously, but, like, this, the economy and everything blossomed. And then 80 years before that, you had the Civil War. 80 years before that, you had the American Revolution. And so, basically, this book lined out, again, this is, like, the 80s and 90s, that this time period is basically a, it's leading up to something big. And I tell you what. A lot of this, like you mentioned, anti-Semitism and banning stuff, it, it's just, it's an indicate. it should be at least a, a bright flashing red light. Like, hey, we need to look at what we're doing as a nation and as a country and maybe think twice about it. Because we can learn from history. We can look at our past and go, what did we do wrong? And that's why I wanted to include that whole segment about Nazi Germany and, and the types of content that they banned. Because it's just... It's just gosh darn similar. It's repeating yeah. itself in America right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I do have hope for our future because of this younger generation. But I'm telling you right now, that's why I mentioned earlier, this older generation of white Americans are making it harder and harder for younger people to vote. And like I think I just saw like a bill or something the other day where like they were trying to like basically cut out measures to um, do advertising for voting in high schools and stuff. Like it was stupid, but it was like they also are trying to raise the vote of age. Oh, sorry, the aging. Sorry, what? Yeah, they're also trying to raise the age of voting to I think like twenty five. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Which, mind you, it, before what was it? The, the Vietnam War. It was twenty one, and then people made a hoopla. Like, well, if we're gonna send our kids who are eighteen out to die, then they should be able to vote. So yeah. they changed actually, at 18. I actually think they should lower the age or remove taxes from people that are under 18 because they are being taxed without representation. Mm. Good, yeah, for those who work jobs. Which is what our whole country was founded on, according to their, their history. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my whole thing is if you want to be a group of people that advocate for history, then go read your fucking history because we are repeating it, and it's super scary. Yeah. Harley, anything? Um, I think I want to say um, that although the history stuff is not for everyone, it is so important. And I, 
we hope that we put it in a way that was palpable to digest and like understand rather than like your average history class where it was like blah 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 kind of thing yeah. um but also to reinforce that this is important mm-hmm. and um for you as a person to take this information and share it and share what you know with others that don't know this um even if they may not agree with you because at the end of the day that is what you should be doing as a person who cares about other people. Um, You should want what is best for your neighbor or your best friend or your dad or your whatever, your mom, et cetera. You should want what is best for them. And if you're, if you know this information and you are ignoring it, then you are to blame. Like you are a part of the problem. Um, Complacency is compliance. Yeah. Um, And that's not to like, scare you or anything like that but it's the fact of the matter like if you when you know like when you learn this new information you should take it and you should do something with it Mm. and whether that is as little as just sharing our podcast episode or talking to your significant other about it or whatever it might be um or even if it's literally you being like rope I mean, did you hear this stupid episode? It was so dumb. You should go listen to it and hear how stupid they are. And then this person listens to it and they're like, damn, they're on to something. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever gets the job done. <laughs> um, that's, that's all I think I have. Do better. Yeah. Yeah, just as a country, do better. Just do better. Yeah. Us. All right. Well, on that note, we want to thank you all again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at at AlwaysMorePod. Chris, where can we find you? I am on TikTok as Christopher.Lionheart, and I'm on Instagram as Captain underscore CT Ford. Harley, where can we find you? I am, uh, <laughs> sorry, that threw me through the loop. I am on Instagram at WhatHarley, W-U-T Harley, and on the clock app at HarleyBean.co. And you can find me on basically everything at, at Timothy Valuti, that's L-I-E-C-H-T-Y. Thank you again for listening and for being a part of the conversation. And remember, there's always more than this. Bye, everybody.